The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. Proudly made in the USA, customizable SeaDeck no-skid traction is non-absorbent, closed-cell EVA specifically formulated for the marine industry. For a free sample and more information, check out www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. And now, it's showtime. the official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on-water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast, with the noise of the North himself, oh, yeah. Dano the Mano. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to episode number 77 of the Golden Light Podcast. I'm Dan of the Mano, the noise of the North, recording this portion of the podcast up north from Chicagoland at my parents' house studio. And now it's time for some audio sunshine. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Malibu Boats. Check out MalibuBoats.com and on social media at Malibu Boats for a look at the all-new 23 LSV and the ultra-premium M235, the official towboat of the entire Malibu Boats Evolution Pro Series. In about two weeks, I head international for stop number two of the Evolution Pro Series in beautiful Vienna, Austria, for the Vienna Pro, which will include pro wakeboard and wake surf divisions. The series caps off in Shingha, Japan, third week in September for the Lake Biwa Pro. Be sure to follow all the action through social media, hashtag Evolution Pro Series, and check out the entire line of Malibu Boats at MalibuBoats.com. All right, today's guest is Johnny Stieg. Johnny was one of the first guys in the world to earn a boat sponsorship solely for wake surfing. He rides for the Axis Wake research team, and he is my first wake surf specific guest. And we recorded his interview up in Peterborough, Ontario, Canada, about a month ago during the last stop of the 2017 Malibu Rider Experience. Johnny has a super loose and fun outlook on the sport. He takes wake surfing and life in general in a really fun and laid back way. You know, these days it seems that people are getting almost too serious about competitive wake surfing. And I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. It's just something new. It was cool to hear about how Johnny thought about that and his outlook on toad water sports and just his story in general overall. It was a really good talk and I hope you guys all enjoy it. All right, I am currently in the Midwest, Illinois to be exact. I've had a few really big weeks. On the last episode, I was just getting home from Wake Park Nationals uh, out in Waco, Texas. Over 600 pulls at that weekend around the cable. Since then, I've announced Wakeboard Nationals, which of course is pulled behind the boat. And then last weekend, I was in Monroe, Louisiana for the Collegiate Wakeboard Invitational, formerly known as Collegiate Nationals. A lot of really good events, but a lot of announcing, a lot of work on my vocals. Between the last five weeks or so, I've called more than a thousand wake runs. It must be some sort of record. All right, so I'm up here. I'm organizing a little contest up in my old stomping grounds of Twin Lakes, Wisconsin, this Thursday, August 17th, called Backyard Buoys and Corn. 
Just a fun little Slomsky throwback event with all-you-can-eat corn as well. Then this weekend, I'm heading back to Georgia State, Calloway Gardens, the legendary Robin Lake for Rock the Wake, a pro wakeboard wake surf mashup event that I'm really excited to announce and just watch in general. We're bringing together pro wakeboarders, pro wake surfers. Each of the riders have to compete in their discipline. Then they have to compete in the opposite discipline. So I'm really interested to see exactly how this thing goes down. Now, before I get to my guest, Johnny Steeg, I do want to remind you guys that the Golden Mike podcast is brought to you for free twice monthly on the first and third Wednesday of each and every month. Find the Golden Mike Podcast and listen on demand, anytime, anywhere, whenever, online at noiseofthenorth.com, on SoundCloud, just about any Android podcast app, and the Golden Mike Podcast is on iTunes. Just search, subscribe, then rate and review the show. To keep this podcast no charge to you, the listeners, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show, SeaDeck Marine Products, Boulder Boats, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Performance Ski and Surf, GoPuck, Malibu Boats, Rockstar Energy, C4 Belts, CWB Board Company, Ledwake, Ronix, O'Brien, and Slingshot. Here's a few other ways you guys can show your support. Follow me on social media, Instagram at DanoTMano, on Twitter at TheDanoTMano, and at the Golden underscore Mike. And be sure to like the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook. You guys can always reach me through messaging me on Facebook or email goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. One other way you can show some support is I have Golden Mike Podcast dad hats for sale. You can email me for more info on that or photos. Plus, whenever you guys get a hat from me, I will also ship you a Golden Mike Podcast button or two or three, plus a bunch of stickers. All right, on to today's audio montage, which is brought to you by Boulder Boats. It's from the final stop of the 2017 Malibu Boats Rider Experience. From Peterborough, Ontario, Canada. Same place I recorded today's interview. If you guys are located in the southwest U.S., Boulder Boats is your Malibu and Axis Wake Research Boats connection with locations just outside of Las Vegas, Nevada and Phoenix, Arizona. Boulder Boats has recently opened up their newest location, this time in California State. They offer amazing services and the country's deepest inventory of previously loved slightly used boats find out more about boulder boats in all three locations online at boulderboats.com again that's boulderboats.com now enjoy this week's audio montage then i'll be back with pro wake surf rider access team athlete johnny steed right here on the golden light podcast Hi, I'm Scott Brundle from Town & Country Marine, and we are thrilled to be the host dealer for the uh, 2017 Malibu Rider Experience. Uh, wonderful day on the water. The uh, new 22MXZ pulled the competitors flawlessly all day, and uh, it was a special day because we were able to uh, introduce the brand new 23LSV, brand new boat for 2018, and uh, to great, great reception from the uh, public in general. Great shout out to the uh, WWA and the crew from Malibu for all their hard work and it was a fabulous experience for all the competitors. Hi, my name is Avery Spaulding. I am 10 years old. I'm from Bridge North, Ontario. I just won the girls 10 to 13 
division at Rider Experience. Can't wait for the next one. Hi, I'm Ethan Zellenrath from Toronto, Ontario. I just won the boys 10 to 13 division. Riding behind the Malibu was awesome. I can't wait for the next competition. Hi everybody, I'm Wyatt Spalding. I'm seven years old from Ontario, Canada. I just won the boys 9 and under division at the Rider Experience and I had a blast. Hey guys, I'm here with Cole Vanthoff, the filmer of the Malibu Rider Experience Series. Season was great, Dano. You know, good cap off here in Canada. Uh, couldn't ask for better weather and great water. So, good times. Hey, I'm Mike Ninehouse. I'm from London, Ontario. I'm 42. I just won the Veterans Division wakeboard. I had a ton of fun riding behind the Malibu. Just had a blast out there, and they gave me first. <laughs> it was super awesome. All right, I'm Marcus Ellis. I'm here at the WWA. Came first place in the men's one division. Had an awesome time out here riding with the guys. It's quite the experience. I'm Maddie Hutchison. I'm 12 years old, and I won the women's wake surfing division. And I'm from Markham, Ontario, Canada. And the wave was huge. Uh, my name's Steve Hutchison. I took silver in the men's uh, wake surf competition. The Malibu wake was awesome. Had great push. It was a great pocket, really long. I loved it. Hey, I'm Cole Silverthorne. I'm 14 years old from Aurelia, Ontario. I just snagged first at the Junior Pro Men. It was so much fun. Malibu wake was amazing. Super happy to get first place. Hey, Chad Sharp here. We're in Peterborough, Ontario for the Malibu Rider Experience. And uh, it's been a really awesome event. It's uh, great to see an event back up here in Canada and the amount of young riders that have been coming out and it's it's really good for the sport up here. Hi I'm Garrison Jacobs I'm 16 and I'm from Pushnish Lake. I was in the amateur 14 to 18 men and my brother and I were battling it out and I ended up coming on top. The Malibu Wake was a killer and I had a great time. Hey my name is Chris Sinkick I'm from Minnesota, Ontario. Great time at the Malibu Rider Experience at the Pro Card. Uh, defending holder Ryan Galea came out hard but luckily I was able to snag first place and uh, to top it off Daniel got my name right so it was a great day and the Malibu boat was great. What's up guys Johnny Sieg here Axis Pro Team Rider for the 2017 Malibu Boats Rider Experience in Ontario Canada. Uh, everybody out here was having a really great time. A lot of wake surfers, wakeboarders were ripping. If you're not here, hope to see you soon. I'm Michaela Petrie. I'm 17 from Bainesville, Ontario. Third consecutive win here at the Malibu Riders Experience. Had a great time behind the Malibu MXZ22. It's great to see all the young riders out here having a blast as well. Raptor Rome, second week in a row on Rider Experience, but we're in your home country. The event just finished. Your thoughts? I'm listening to some journey. We're eating barbecue and we're done with the final day of the rider experience. Everyone rolled pretty good. We had some great crashes, some great winning runs. It was a great day and uh, everyone's happy. What's up guys, you're here with Ollie DeRome and Dano the Mano with the Golden Mike Podcast. We're back here in Peterborough for the Malibu Canadian Rider Experience. It's really fun to be with Malibu and seeing how they push and promote the sport in different areas, especially in my country, and it's just a uh, it's just really fun to see that they, they care about all the different countries and the different demographics, just like here in Canada. Hey, I'm Corey Wilson, Executive Director of the World Wake Association. We just wrapped up the 2017 season of the Malibu Rider Experience here in Peterborough, Ontario, Canada. Um, and it's been an awesome season. Today was an awesome wrap to, this, to the series for 2017. And uh, we look forward to bringing it back bigger and better next year. So uh, head over to the WWA.com or the WWA Rideline app for photos and keep an eye out for uh, next year's dates.
Hey, Golden Mike Podcast listeners, get your boat looking brand new this summer with some custom Sea Deck non-skid traction. On your boat, in your boat, on the dock, or anywhere normally prone to slippery surfaces, even paddle boards and wake surfers. Sea Deck has a growing network of certified fabricators and installers covering the USA, Canada, Europe, and the South Pacific. And now it's easier than ever to have a Sea Deck professional take your project from start to finish. Go to SeaDeck.com, hit the custom button, on the website and look for the interactive map to locate a CDEX certified fabricator or installer in your area to schedule an appointment today. Presented by CDEX Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the north, Dano the Mano. So you are a pro wake surfer and you've been involved in the sport on the pro level now for how long? Well, see, I've been with uh, Malibu and Axis for, it's been probably five years, I would say, that I've been with them. And not not on the professional level, I would say. It. You know, I was working with them a little bit before I actually turned pro. And I guess, well, I guess I was already a pro, but before I was brought on to the team. So A lot of the manufacturers in the industry, it seemed like in that same era, maybe five, six, seven years ago, they started bringing wake surfers on and, and um, putting them like on the pro team. And you were, I feel like you were like one of the first guys. I know, a, a, like I said, a bunch of the different manufacturers and I'm thinking like Josh Kerr was one of the first guys as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty crazy. It kind of just all fell into my lap. You know, they were releasing Surfgate at the time. So, you know, they were making a big push to get into the surfing thing and, and I was living close by and I guess Grub was the only person that was uh, doing that kind of stuff for Malibu at the time. And uh, yeah, he was busy and they asked me to come up and, and uh, surf through a, a whole ring of people, you know, as they asked Alliance, Alliance asked uh, Wake Surf brand, that brand I was riding for at the time, and, and so they somehow found me, and I went out there, and yeah, long story short, it's, that's how it all began. So but you have a history in in ocean surfing too, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I started ocean surfing when I was probably, I would say really when I was 16, when I first got a car, and I could actually drive myself to the beach. It was about a 30-minute drive, and and yeah, that's really where the start was, you know, just got good at ocean surfing. And my neighbor started wake surfing magazine and, uh, they knew that I surfed in the ocean and said, why don't you come out with us sometime? And, you know, it took forever for us to actually finally go out. But once I did, I was, I think the first time I ever went behind a boat, I was doing little airs and stuff. So, I mean, I took to it really natural so like what level of ocean surfer were you i mean were you at the pro level or no i wouldn't i wouldn't say pro i was an amateur you know i was i was still a young kid just trying to get into it but you know i i would say from the level of surfing in my area i was pretty good i was i was doing well in in local contests but i've never really been a contest guy so i kind of got away from that and just started doing the free surfing thing and yeah it translates really well yeah, and, and, and on the wake surf side of things, you're not much of a competitive surfer either, are you? No, not really. That's, that's you know, I can get into it, but it's one of the things that I, I'm, I've always been more of a, a free surfer. Even, you know, through school, I was never really into the competitive side of sports and things. I played soccer and, and did stuff. But, uh, yeah, just, I guess I don't really have that competitive nature. I just like to go out and have fun, and that's, that's kind of my big thing. I mean, you're with 
one of the biggest manufacturers in the in the world in Malibu and Axis. You ride for the Axis team, and obviously they saw something in you. So what 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 do you think that was? I just think you know I got along with everybody really well. Um, yeah, it was it was just kind of it's strange how it all came about, but I got along with everyone really well. I think they just thought I was a mellow guy. They liked my riding, and uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know you that well. I mean, I'm starting to get to know you, and it's fun to hang out with you at these events and stuff. Yeah, but for sure. I want to find out, like, your story, where you grew up, where you came from, and then, like, your background in towed water sports in general. Yeah, okay. Well, I was, I mean, it all starts bad. I was born in Denver, Colorado, which a lot of people probably don't know because I'm an ocean guy. Uh, I started snow skiing with my dad when I was about 18 months old. And that's probably where I got my initial start into action sports or sports in ge- you know, in general. And uh, did that. And then we moved to Bakersfield when I was really young and got into skateboarding right away. And, uh, yeah, then we moved to, where did we go from there, uh, San Inez. And I was just bouncing around the coast from that, that point on and, you know, fell in love with the water and the ocean and, and uh so yeah my background really stems from the snow skiing and you know then i started snowboarding and then i started riding motocross and so i i think i'm kind of a jack of all trades more or less i i'm not great at any one thing but i'm really good at a lot of things and and yeah so i'm, I'm kind of similar my... in the same way i tell people because i'm i like all aspects of toad water sports and i grew up as a show skier and I'm a pretty good trick skier. I'm a pretty good barefooter. I'm a pretty good shoe skier. I can jump. I can slalom. I'm like, so I tell people, I'm like, yeah, I'm awesome at everything. Amazing at nothing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Same thing. Same for me. So, so Johnny, but I, re- I recall seeing a social post of yours not too long ago, and it had a photo of you and your family uh, with the old school Malibu yeah. boat. Yeah. So that, that whole story, you know, I... When we moved to Templeton, finally, my my family, we were close to the lake, and they, my dad's always been into water skiing, and and he was like, you know, it's time for us to get a boat and start doing the family thing out on the water, and that was our first family boat, was a, it was like a 1987 Malibu skier, and, and uh, actually, I guess it wasn't 87, it must have been like an 89 or something, because I was like two years old at the time, and yeah, we had like a picture of me i was a baby on the side of the boat and uh and it was from vs marine which is the dealer that i go through right now and just to see you know how much longer or further in the future now here i am riding for malibu and axis and it's yeah it's come full circle and it's it's really cool to look back on that so what kind of water skiing did you do growing up i'm not you know i really wasn't much of a water skier but so i i picked up wakeboarding right away I was it was kind of in full swing by the time I started doing water sports and uh so that was my thing when you know I was snowboarding and stuff already skateboarding so naturally I wanted to stand sideways but uh I did have to ski a little bit because my dad would never fill up the fat sacks in the boat until I got out on the slalom ski so he would go first I would have to take a run on the slalom ski and then after I went doing that, then we'd fill up fat sacks and I'd go wakeboard. But did you ever compete or anything? No, no. No, not a very competitive person. I mean, I know we talked about that, but it just, uh, yeah, never even crossed my mind. Did you follow any of any skiing or anything like that back in the old days? 
I'm not good at following anything, to be honest with you. I just do the things. I don't, I, even my first shoot with, with like Ollie and Raph, I had no idea who they were, but now it turns out they're, you know, some of the best wakeboarders in the world and the nicest people around. And it just, I had no idea because I'm not good at following stuff. So you, you don't, did you recognize like, were there any wakeboarders or anything that you recognized in the nineties? Were you watching wakeboard videos or was it seriously I, I just wasn't. your own thing? I was just going out there riding. That's that's really how it began for me. And and being from a small town like that, we didn't really have, you know, a lot of places that we could go to look up to people like that. So, you know, I guess if you were born in Orlando and those guys are at your park all the time, then that's that's what you know. But for me, I didn't I didn't even probably at the time know that professional wakeboarding existed. It was just something that I'd do for fun. Okay, so would it bum you out when you had to slalom ski before you could wakeboard? Yeah, I would because I just I didn't think it was cool. And at the time, I was all into what I thought was cool, you know, and I was young. But then, I, you know, last weekend I saw you out ripping the ski and Langley was out ripping. And I was just like, that is pretty cool. Like, And now I'm, I'm kind of thinking I got to start getting into it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, realistically, it, it's all about fun, right? Exactly, and that's my my theory all along. So, yeah, I just got to get into more things, well, more now, fun. What about the fun factor in wake surfing? Because I started wake surfing in the early 2000s with Eric Ruck and Parks Bonifay, who I've said this on the podcast, I truly believe that like Parks and Ruck, even Chad Sharp and Sean Watson, these guys are kind of the pioneers. Well, Hunter Jocelyn is the guy, you know, from Endoboard who right. introduced the guys to um, drilling fins into a zap board, and it was something that those guys would do for fun, and they never took it serious. They never yeah. thought it was going to be a sport. Exactly. But you know, now it is a it is a sport. There's a very competitive scene, and. It's it's funny because like industry wise, there's a little bit of a joke that goes around that like wake surfing is like the new slalom skiing because slalom <laughs> skiers are so technical about tweaking their fins right. and everything. Um, but I, I want to talk about the fun factor of wake surfing. I mean, is I know it's there for you, yeah. But is it there for the community? Oh, absolutely. Just the fact. I mean, you know, I think wake surfing kind of got a bad rap because it was taken away from some of the wakeboarding or whatever. But you know, for me, it's like it's just fun. And if you just set aside all the ego, all that stuff, it's like, you can go out there with your friends, your family, everyone can do it. And it's just a good time. You can laugh at your friends. You can have a beer while you're riding. We don't recommend it, but (laughs) that's, you know, it's something that you can do with anyone young, old. And yeah, it's just, for me, it's just, it's always been about having fun, you know, not trying to look cool. and, And it really translates into back into my ocean surfing. It helps me out with that a lot too. So you know, it works out. Well, I, I just think it's very interesting because you are a guy who gets a boat for wake surfing. And uh, now I have only announced a few wake surf contests and I'm getting ready. I'm going to do um, Rock the Wake as well. Yeah, which is yeah. a wake surf contest coming up here. And it, it, it is so serious. The serious factor in, in like the, it seems like in the elite athletes, with the exception of maybe... Uh, Noah and Keenan Flegel. It just yeah. seems like everybody takes it so seriously. Like, what are your thoughts on that? And do you see it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see it for sure. And you know, I I guess I'm not really sure what my thoughts are on it. I don't I don't think it's something that should be taken so serious that you know you're you're making enemies over it or something like that. But I do understand that there is a competitive side to it, and a lot of the guys that are are into the competitive side, you know, they they have a job to do and and that's to uh, promote what they're doing. And I think, 
you know, that's why I, I kind of have a cool relationship with Axis where, you know, they understand that I'm not really a contest guy. I take it, I take it serious, but I, it's not like to that level, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, they just, they know I'm kind of a free surf guy. If they ask me to go to a contest, I have no problem doing it and showing up and, and, uh, hanging out with people and doing that stuff. But I just, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about taking it so seriously. Well, I got to ask you because we're recording this while we're here in Canada for Malibu Rider Experience, which is 90% a wakeboard event. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think as far, like, do you enjoy being at wakeboard contests or wake surf contests more? Wakeboard oh, or wake surf? Yeah, and see, that's the thing, too, is it's pretty boring to watch a wake surfing contest. You can't see what they're doing unless you're filming it from the boat with the jumbo screen. It's not much to look at, but the wakeboarding is really impressive like i love watching wakeboarding and all these guys out here that are just they're killing it like the the level that they're taking it to now is insane and that's that's another side too you know like wake surfing the the technical it's getting more technical but it's still not you're not doing flips you're not doing crazy spins or anything like that so well you're not but i'm not it, <laughs> and 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 not saying that you have to or yeah. anything like that but Obviously, we've seen Noah Flegel now take it into that direction. Yeah, so. absolutely. And that was cool. You know, I I definitely think that, you know, what he was doing was it was different than your traditional wake surfing, but there's nothing wrong with that. I think, you know, he's just putting another spin on it, putting straps on and going out and throwing flips. And that's awesome. You know, I have no problem with progression of any sport. So, yeah, I'd, actually, I want to do that myself. So when I find a board that I'm willing to put holes in and put straps on, then you'll probably see me doing that pretty shortly how how involved are you with the rest of the wake surf community i'm uh i'm not super involved you know i I know a lot of them and i think more or less it's because i don't go to the contests and that's a lot of you know where they all hang out with each other and uh you know so when i do finally get to see them it's it's a good time and you know i they know me i know them but it's not something that i'm you know really engulfed in it's I kind of do more of my own thing. What what exactly is a wake surf contest all about? I, I mean, the one thing I do know is that there's like two divisions. There's like a surf, and then there's a skim division. Right, right. Um, but can you? I mean, can you talk a little bit about like what what is all involved in a wake surf contest? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, like you said. There's two different divisions: surf and skim. And uh, the surf style riding is is more like what you would see traditionally in the ocean with big carves and power and and uh airs and and that sort of thing and then skimboarding is more going to be for me it's like derived from skateboarding it's it's skateboard tricks with shove it's and you know big spins and and that sort of thing and uh yeah the contests uh you basically have i think it's like a two minute run you get a pass down a pass back and and uh that's it you know it's not a whole lot to it but you know obviously the the most technical riding is what's winning and even in the surf division now the guys are doing big you know three shoves and big spins and all that kind of stuff which is more more or less the skim style riding but i mean they're figured out how to do it and so it's kind of cool contest wise who are some of the big names oh i i love watching you know noah and keenan flegel and then you know parker Payne's really made a name for himself he's doing really well uh the witherall brothers they've done really well um yeah those are kind of the top the top guys right now and 
and you know Noah and Keenan just blow my mind with the stuff that they're doing and the style that they have it's it's pretty fun to watch now a name in wake surfing that is unfortunately not a part of the sport at least that I can see anymore and he was the first guy that actually when I watched him at a wake surf contest I then I was able to kind of start understanding what these wake surf contests and why they even happening Chase Hazen and from what I understand you and you and Chase started wake surfing together. Yeah, actually, Chase is a, he's a good friend of mine, and it, it's kind of unfortunate we haven't talked in a while, but, uh, yeah, he was a big influence for me. You know, his his style and his airs really, I think, were the original reason for me that wake surfing was cool because I, I saw him do it, and I was like, wow, like, that's what you can do back here? And it's I don't think that I've met another rider with the kind of style that he had and it's unfortunate that he doesn't really ride uh anymore but you know he was a, a really nice kid and really great rider okay so obviously if you've listened to my podcast i mean i like to find out the stories but it's not like about digging up dirt but i yeah. want to know what happened to chase hazen because he had everything going for him he had board sponsors he had boat sponsors and yeah. he was winning all the contests so like why does a guy just drop out and disappear from the scene i think his whole thing was he was just kind of getting over it and i think it comes back to the things being too serious you know whether it be the companies he was riding for were taking it too serious and and uh you know he he had other opportunities that came along and i think it he just had had it and he he just decided that okay, I got this opportunity to go work for my dad and uh, maybe have a good career. And, and there wasn't much money, and there still isn't much money in wake surfing. I mean, unless you're you're going to a contest every weekend winning, there's not a ton of money in it. So, you know, he took the opportunity to go and, and have a career, and and that's kind of the last that I've I've heard from that whole story. And is it, I mean, so you don't need, is he... Because he was an ocean surfer too, right? Oh yeah, and he was a really good ocean surfer. So um, yeah, I'm not not really sure what he's doing now, actually. But I know he was working for his dad for a while, and and he's uh, getting more serious with his girlfriend. So I, I had Corey Tunison, who's a pro rider, uh, on my podcast recently, and we chatted about him having Mick Fanning come out and do some wake surfing on his boat and at the beginning of this podcast with you we had talked about you know guys like um like a guy like Josh Kerr who's a pretty serious wake surfer you know yeah um Donovan uh Donovan Frankenrider who's very respected surfer also I mean now he's you know the face of Mastercraft at least that's what it seems like um do you think that the the pro surf scene knows about what's going on in the wake surf scene and and well first of all do you think they know about what's going on in the wake I surf don't, scene i don't know you know maybe maybe like a guy like kerr would know what was happening with chase or something you know if if they were still riding for taiga together i think you know brand affiliation they would probably know but i don't think that they probably follow the wake surfing stuff but i don't think they really know what's going on in the wake surf world I mean, if, if they realized that there was some cash to be made there, I mean, could you foresee that? Like, uh, I I wouldn't doubt it, you know, and, and that's it. I mean, it has happened with, you know, guys like Josh Slay. He was a pro surfer. He came into the wake surf world. Donovan Frankenrider. I mean, they, they found a way to make money doing it. And, you know, that's why they're probably sticking around, you know, in the scene. Um, 
yeah, I I think that they they probably would come over and do some, you know, if they had a, a opening in their schedule, they'd they'd come do a contest or something if they could make some money. I mean, don't you, it would grow, first of all, it would gain so much more exposure for the toad water sports world if those guys would do something like that. But on that same side, you've got a lot of athletes who have, who are riding uh, quote unquote pro wake surfers and they've never even surfed in the ocean, right? It's cool when you see someone that's a pro wake surfer that, that does start picking up ocean surfing and, you know, Chris Walter is a, an example, you know, he started wake surfing and he's, he got really good at it. And then, you know, he started going to San Diego to pick up boards from the shaper and then, uh, meeting up with Chase Hazen and myself even, and we, we'd go surf trestles together and it was fun just to see him kind of take a step away from wake surfing and then gain a new, new aspect over in, in surfing in ocean. So. You think if more ocean surfers got involved in wake surfing, do you think that would, um, what do you think what would happen to like the current roster of pro wake surfers? It's, you know, it's hard to say because even guys like Josh Kerr, you don't see him doing the same sort of tricks that, that the wake surfers are doing. So I think wake surfing, the kids are, are getting really technical now. So they're doing the shoves and the, the big spins and the ocean guys aren't still probably going to be doing that. They probably could learn it eventually, but even when they go out behind the boat and you watch them, they're just still doing what they feel is fun and natural and, you know, which is turns and errors and things like that. So it could mix it up for sure, but I don't know. The kids are getting pretty technical now. So quick break from Johnny Steeg folks for a message from my pals over at GoPuck. GoPuck is the leader in wearable power. GoPuck is the ultimate personal power solution to charge all USB powered devices designed for those with an active lifestyle You're able to clip, strap, or mount the power wherever you need, giving you the ability to easily rapid charge your devices multiple times hands-free. Three size options are available online at gopuck.com, and you can use my promo code MANO30 at checkout, M-A-N-O-30 for 30% off. Again, that's MANO30 at gopuck.com. And now let's get back to the show. I don't want it to come across like I'm talking trash because I, no. I seriously am not. And I really do appreciate every aspect and I love wake surfing. But when I do go to some of these wake surf contests, especially in the skim division, I see people just pumping out trick after trick after trick after trick. And I'm a humongous trick ski fan. I grew up trick skiing. I still right. trick ski. It's my specialty. It's what I mostly do. But wakeboarding... The cool thing about wakeboarding versus trick skiing is, you know, in the pro division, the rider gets four tricks down, four tricks back. In trick skiing, you get 20 seconds to pack as many tricks as you want. And I think that that's why trick skiing has kind of declined so much because it's not like something that anybody can do to to, to pack that many tricks in there. And at what point is, is like skim style or whatever start kind of becoming that trick skiing, you know? Oh, yeah, I can see that. And and it is sort of that way, you know, if you do a lot more tricks, you're going to get scored probably higher, you know, if the, the last guy didn't do as many tricks and yours are just as good of tricks and you do more of them, you're probably going to win. So yeah, it does come down. And then you start, I feel like this is my opinion. Uh, when you start doing that, you're starting to lose your style. And I think to me, style is, is everything really, you know, you can go out and have someone do a humongous air, but if it looks horrible, it's still a horrible big air, but you can have someone go out and do a really stylish grabbed tweaked air that's a lot smaller 
And for me, I would score that way higher than just a big, floppy, sloppy air. So, But you're not organizing these contests, nope. and you're not making the rules either. Exactly. But if you were... Uh, how would how sh- how would or how do you think a wake surf contest should be judged? You know, I've I've thought about all that stuff and and I've read over the rules and it does make sense why they do it the way they do. But I would probably restructure the whole even like if I could put on an event of my own, I would restructure the whole thing and and uh, I don't know exactly what I would do, but I would try to make it more like a a real surf contest and maybe maybe yeah maybe you put a limit on the amount of tricks that you can do and just so that the the quality of the tricks goes up I'm not really sure I'd, I'd have to get some piece of paper and start writing ideas down and i just haven't gotten to that point yet well the cool thing also you know with with the world wake association who we travel around with and, and do a lot of their events it's it's quality over quantity you know and um and I don't know, and getting back to that whole thing, you know, it takes away from the style and stuff, but, you know, what, at what point, when does it, when does that become important to the wake surfers again? Or, or I mean, it just seems like a lot of them don't even know. Yeah, I think that too is, is, uh, they just don't know. And I, you know, maybe it takes somebody like me to talk on your podcast about how important style really is, but... So today we, we were judging uh, the rider experience up here in uh, Canada and, you know, Ollie and Raf were judging and I was, I was judging, you know, wakeboarding and, and we would get to the end of this the thing and we'd discuss like what we, we thought and, and they explained to me, you know, why they thought certain things and that came, it came down to that, you know, there were guys that did less tricks, but the tricks were way better and way harder and more stylish and they ended up taking home the medal because it was you know style is really important so that's something to consider i noticed uh like when i first started i think the uh, first wake surf contest i ever announced was probably around 2013 or 14 or so maybe even earlier than that and the people being rewarded were the people who are squatting down and spinning all the way down the course yeah yeah I mean, is, is that still what's happening? Is it who can spin the most? Yeah, you know, unfortunately, I think that is still, that's still in there. And, you know, I don't agree with it. I know you probably don't agree with it. Uh, yeah, it's it's still, it's still in there. You're getting judged on what you're doing. And I guess they consider spinning a bunch of times, you know, like a 1440 or yeah, yeah, whatever. But, a 14, but come on, and it's, a 1440 on a wake surfboard, I, I mean, that's really just four 360s in a row, that's right? That's what I'm saying, yeah. And so to me, if I was to judge that, I would say, okay, they did four 360s in a row. But then or, they're, they're repeating a trick after yeah, trick after yeah, trick so after trick. It gets boring after a while. You're just watching them spin around. You know, As long as the wave's pushing them forward and they got momentum, they're just going to keep spinning. You could spin the entire course. I mean, you're not going to see Kelly Slater no. catch a wave and just get down and start spinning around yeah exactly exactly so you got to mix it up you got to put you know new improved tricks in there and yeah break it up if you want to do three 360s through your run that's fine but do different variations of it do a, a you know a surface 360 do an alley 360 do a frontside 360 you know just change it up change up the way that you're doing it and and then you're I, to me that should score way higher i want to i want to jump over to um outside of wake surfing and uh, although i'm sure you'd love to make your entire living 
off of uh, yeah. uh, riding behind a boat. Uh, you're working. You're working a pretty heavy schedule. Yeah. Um, and you're and you're in the ocean. So maybe can you tell like the listeners a little bit about wh- what you what your real job is? Yeah. So I guess you know I'll start with where I I started. You know my after college I I went to school to be a commercial diver. And for those of you listening that don't know what that is, it's basically underwater welding and construction and and that sort of thing. And so I I graduated from the Marine Diving Technology School in Santa Barbara. And uh, then I went straight offshore and I started doing that sort of stuff. And I did that for about four years. And and actually I was doing the wake surfing stuff at the same time as that. You know, on my days off, I'd go wake surf. And then, you know, my days on, I'd be out in the middle of the ocean either do it being a deckhand on on the the barge or i'd be underwater working on something and uh and then uh got out of that and now i'm working in the oil fields and i do uh seven 12 hour days minimum sometimes it's up to 16 hour days i think last in seven days last week i worked 112 hours so that's like a pretty heavy thing and then got off got right on a plane and came up here to canada for malibu's rider experience so Dude, you, you live a pretty extreme life, not only like, you, you, I mean, you already talked about like some of the stuff, you know, that, that you do like on the mountains and then of course like, uh, you know, uh, motocross and stuff yeah. like that, but the work, that is that is pretty extreme and intense stuff as well. And um, let's let's start with the, the underwater, um, wh- what is it, underwater yeah, welding? Yeah, commercial diving, yeah. Commercial diving and... Um, like some of the depths that you've been to and the amount of time that you spent underwater and what it was that you were actually doing underwater and then also the level of safety. Oh yeah. You know, it's the safety level has gotten a lot better in the, the recent years, you know, with, with OSHA being more involved and things like that, they got to find ways to make us safer. But yeah, I mean, so for example, we did a job for the Navy down in San Diego and we were building a, uh, a contraption. Basically what they do is they drive the ships and the submarines over the top of it and it demagnetizes the holes so that when they're overseas, the magnetism of the hole won't set off underwater mines. And uh, so that was pretty cool. But yeah, it was, you know, five hour bottom times cutting a trench in the seafloor and, and, you know, you're using a water jet to cut the trench and bury a fiber optic cable, but you're stirring up all the silt and and stuff so you're basically working in pitch black for five hours by yourself on the bottom of the ocean can't see can't see what you're doing you're just doing everything by feel you know the trench is collapsing in on top of you you got to cut yourself back out of it with the water jet i mean it's pretty intense stuff and uh i I remember being down there thinking like what am i doing you know this is what i'm going to be doing for the rest of my life but it's uh it's a pretty small little niche and it's actually really cool so do you so you're not doing that anymore no okay but do you get do you do you still dive at all yeah i dive i just dive for fun and i've been doing a lot more spear fishing just free diving and uh you know go out on the paddleboard and and just swim down and and spear some fish and stuff like that but any exotic spots or anything like that no just uh i mean where i live in in santa barbara is i guess you could consider it pretty pretty exotic for as far as california goes and we have the channel islands out there and so we do a lot of, you know, a lot of the work that we did was right there in the channel. And, and, uh, it's also a beautiful place for people to vacation. And I just happen to, to be there for seven days at a time. And how about, how about in the oil fields? Like uh, you, you say you work in the oil fields, yeah. but I, I don't, I don't even, I can't even 
fathom what you're doing out there. I'm a reliability specialist in production. So I take care of all the equipment, the pumps, the tanks, the flow lines, you know, everything from the well, you know, it looks like a giant horse going up and down. Everyone knows, knows what those things are. And then from when the oil leaves the wellhead and flows through the entire process, goes through the D high, goes through the water filtration, um, and then the shipping lines out, I control all the equipment and, uh, do the environmental safety stuff on all that stuff. Um, that's, it's kind of weird to trying to explain what I do to people that don't know what I do, but that's, uh, that's the gist of it. I take care of a lot of equipment. I'm probably in charge of, gosh, I'd say $200 million worth of equipment at any given time. So. And then, like, how do your coworkers kind of perceive you? Because, like, you're, you're a young dude, you know, you're, you're 30 years old, you're a young dude, you're a surfer, you're a wake surfer, you're working your tail, it sounds like you're working your tail yeah. off, and then you're literally getting on an airplane coming out to events. Yeah, it's it's funny, because uh, I'm the youngest guy that's in my field of work, at least where I am, and so it's... I think some of the old guys, they probably hate on me. And then some of the other guys that I, I know that they, they just love me. And every time I come back to work, they're, oh, where were you this time? What have you been, what have you been up to? And if I ever come in and say, oh, I got nothing to tell you guys, they just, oh man, I'm so bummed out. Like we live vicariously through you. So it's, it's kind of cool just knowing that, you know, I have those people that I work with kind of looking up to, to what I do. And yeah, it's, it's a, uh, it's a neat feeling. And so getting back to something you talked about earlier, it's, uh, it's like your, your time spent with like some of the wakeboarders and, and some of the Malibu and Axis photo shoots and Malibu's got a diverse team because it's not just wakeboarders. It's not just wake surfers. There's slalom skiers, old water skiers yeah. with Regina and Thomas DeGasperi and Will Asher. And then of course, Brian Grubb on the wake skate side of things. And then just all of the amazing people, you know, that, that are always around. But, uh, um, you know, I, I get to see the after work, basically, you know, we all do when we get to see the Malibu brochure, right. we get to see the videos, but can you kind of talk about what some of the experiences are like for you uh, on those, on those like photo shoots and getting to spend that time with, with those, with those a other athletes? Yeah. I, I honestly, I look forward to it every year and it, it is a lot of work, you know, it's, it's early, early mornings, getting up before the sun comes up, being out on the water. We clean all the boats, get them looking pretty and perfect for, for the photos and video. And, you know, the photo and video guys, they all work really, really hard at what they do. And, and, uh, so it is a process, but I look forward to it because the, some of the teammates that we have are, are honestly some of the best friends that I have. And it's kind of a bummer because we live so far apart and hardly ever see each other, but it it's one of my favorite times of year just because I, I get to hang out with these guys. So, Hey, another thing that you and I had talked about a little bit off the microphone, you obviously know that I'm a huge hobbyist. I'm into yo-yoing. And you, you said to me, you'd mentioned to me how, um, I'd mentioned how my girlfriend pretty much lets me get whatever I want as far yeah. as like buying yo-yos and stuff like that. And how sometimes they're, you know, 50 or a hundred bucks or whatever. Right. And you mentioned how like, yeah, good thing you don't have my hobby, which is like jet skiing. Oh, uh, I know. Or <laughs> jet skiing, motocross, you name it. They're all just crazy expensive, but I guess it's a good thing. I have a good job that pays for all my fun hobbies. Well, I've seen some of the stuff that you do on a jet ski and it, it almost seems like you're like, 
I don't know, from looking at your social media at one time, I, before I really knew who you were or anything, I was like, so he's a pro jet skier who wake surfs is <laughs> kind of the impression I got at first. Yeah, you know, it's it's fun. I, I'm lucky. I, I have uh, Taylor Curtis, who's one of the the world's, or at one point was one of the world's best free surf jet ski riders where they actually stand up right stand up jet skis yeah where they take them out into the ocean and on the waves and they actually surf the waves and do airs out of the waves and flips and all that stuff and so now he's opened up a company right next to my my town it's like 10 minutes away from my house probably and he builds thirty thousand forty thousand dollar jet skis that are basically built to do flips and tricks and and stay together in the surf and and so i just you know, the more I started hanging out with him, I got to ride all these crazy expensive machines. And I finally was like, all right, I'm going to have to build one, I guess. And, and so, yeah, I go out with them and they basically force me into doing flips on the thing. Just like when I go wakeboarding with Ollie or someone and I'm out riding and they force me to go in to do something that I'm probably not comfortable trying. Well, you say force you, but the, <laughs> the reality is, is, come on, man, you know that whether they said it or not, it would probably be just, yeah. you know, a yeah, couple of sets true. before. It takes me a little bit of coaxing, I guess you could say, just to, to go send it. But, you know, I, I feel like I have a little bit of talent and that's all you really need to just hold the throttle wide open and try and go upside down. So... So do you, are there jet ski events that you're a part of, or is that just another, just like wake surfing? It's just yeah, something you like to do for fun. It's something I like to do for fun, and it's, uh, yeah, it's a good time. It, it, I have to, whenever I go to the lake, I'm like, oh, man, should I bring the boat, or should I just take the jet ski, or I wonder how I can bring both of them so I can do both. But, yeah, it's it's just a good time, and whatever I can do to get a little thrill, you know, I'm I'm down for that. You know, before we close out, I kind of want to find out, like, within the towed water sports uh, industry and wake surfing in general, um, your future. I mean, you're still a young guy. You're 30 years old. And, you know, I see how much the guys at, at Malibu and Access seem to respect you and, and how well you do it at our events as far as, like, the judging and interacting with the people and the fans and stuff. But do you have any goals moving towards the future within the industry? Yeah, you know, I I'm always looking for you know, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? And so if, if I could find something in the industry that, you know, I could, I could take to the next level, maybe, maybe it becomes, you know, working with Malibu boats, you know, or for Malibu boats and, you know, or, or anything like that. Or maybe I make my own boards and, and stuff at some point, you know, that's, that's something that I've dabbled in and just thought about. Um, but you know, at, at the moment I'm really just, enjoying what I'm doing, wake surfing, getting to hang out with these guys. And, you know, Malibu is one of the most amazing companies I've ever worked with or for, or, or, you know, whatever. They're just, it's like a family to me. So as long as I get to keep coming back and hanging out with them and, and doing what I'm doing right now, I'm, I'm cool with it. So yeah, that's, that's it. Hey man, you have any like words of wisdom for like aspiring pro wake surfers or people who maybe take wake surfing super duper serious yeah i mean i think if anyone asked me i would just say just go have fun and and just enjoy doing it and that's going to really help progress you to the next level because then people are going to enjoy being around you more you know if you're having fun and you're not taking it so seriously then you're just gonna i think that's what helped progress me through and you know it could happen for you too all right man tell us uh 
who your sponsors are, who hooks you up. Yeah, I just got to say a humongous thank you to Malibu Boats and Axis Wake Research and, uh, you know, Rusty Surfboards. They've been helping me get some boards lately. And Exile Skim, they actually just started helping me get skim boards. So I got to say a big thank you to those guys. And, uh, yeah, that's it right now. All right, how about that social media or where you are? Yeah, like you can find me. Uh, don't use Twitter too much, but I do have one. It's at Johnny Steeg, and that's the same for Facebook and Instagram. So just at Johnny Steeg, and uh, you'll find me and follow me, and I'll give you a follow back. Really? Yeah. <laughs> right. I actually do that. I'll follow you back. <laughs> that's awesome. Johnny, man, this has been fun. Thanks a bunch, bro. Yeah, thank you, Dano. <laughs> <laughs> Lead wake bags are designed with wake surfers and wakeboarders in mind. Lead wake bags are designed perfectly to be stacked and placed in tight spaces. Custom designed lead wake bags are easy to shift around in your boat and will help clean up any wake without having to fill excess water bags or move your friends around. You can buy lead wake in multiple sizes, but I recommend the 50 pounders and so do some of the biggest names in wake, including Danny Harp and Sean Murray, just to name a couple. Lead wake ships free anywhere inside the US. You can find out more and order online at leadwake.com. That's L-E-A-D-W-A-K-E.com. Leadwake. Woodrose is a sunglass company based in Central Florida that manufactures frames from wood and other sustainable materials. With an infrastructure built on a passion for action sports, life on the water, and the love for the great outdoors, there's no doubt Woodrose handcrafted wooden and sustainable eyewear will fit your lifestyle. Use my promo code MANO30 and you'll get an additional 30% off your entire order. Once again, that's promo code MANO, M-A-N-O-3-0 at woodrose.com for 30% Set off everything. That's W-O-O-D-R-O-Z-E dot com. The Golden Mike Podcast is back with the noise of the north. Dano the Mano. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. Thanks again to Johnny Steeg for joining me on this episode number 77. It was good getting to know a little more about him and where he came from and his views on the wake surf scene in general. He's a rad dude, and I recommend all y'all give him a follow and keep up with one of our industry's most humble dudes. All right, guys, now here are some upcoming events where you can come here or meet me at. Rock the Wake is this weekend, August 19th at Callaway Gardens. Next week, we cap off the month of August in Toronto for the WWA Wakeboard World Championships. Then September 1st through the 3rd in Vienna, Austria for the Malibu Evolution Pro Series, stop number two. Then the following weekend, we are back in Orlando for Surf Expo. I'm going to be over at the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame uh, hosting that. And then I'm going to be doing the Wake Awards, my sixth year in a row. Third week of September, back on the Steel Bird and off to Japan for the final stop of the 2017 Malibu Evolution Pro Series and the WWA Wakeboard World Series Finals. Now, if anybody listening is interested in having me announce, commentate, do voiceover work, appear at your next event, maybe you want to advertise on the Golden Mike Podcast, maybe you want me to record a voicemail message for you like I did for my pal Jimmy LaRich, or just ask me any question in general, please email me, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. You can also message me through the Golden Mike Podcast Facebook page. Please remember to find and subscribe to the Golden Mike Podcast on iTunes if you're not already doing so. 
Please rate, review the podcast. The Golden Mike Podcast archives are also available on SoundCloud, so be sure to check them out there and have a listen. You guys can follow me on Twitter at the Dano T Mano and at the Golden underscore Mike. On Instagram at Dano T Mano. And be sure to like and share the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook. Thanks again to Johnny Steeg. And now a few shout outs to the sponsors and folks behind the scenes. Thank you to SeaDeck Marine Products, Boulder Boats, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Performance Ski and Surf, Go Puck, Malibu Boats, C4 Belts, Rockstar Energy, Leadwake, CWB Board Company, Ronix, O'Brien, Slingshot Wakeboards, Jenna Carruth on the web, and Rich Walsh on the audio. That's going to do it for today's show, and appreciate you all for tuning in and listening. I'm the Noise of the North, Dan Lamano, and you can hear me next time once again on the Golden Mike Podcast.